another episode of Childhood Ruin. I am Chris, and I am joined by my friend Mike. Yes, hello. Hello again, sir. Yeah, how did you able to do the intro for a change? Uh, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's really a big deal, so I'm sure yeah, you felt for sure. uh, burdened by that. How you been? Uh, I've been good. Life is... Busy, crazy, weird, all of those things. So, you know, but uh, it's, it's entertaining at least. Entertaining? Well, that's good. Yeah, it's been a hectic week. We um, we started the week on Sunday. I had uh, some family in town, and there was just a absurd end to the Vikings game, which just everyone here in Minnesota is kind of on cloud nine after that. And I realize you're in Minnesota as well. <laughs> yep. But for those listening at home – uh, the entire state's just been kind of giddy throughout the week after the Vikings really had that game won, then found a way to give it away, seemed to be dead and buried, and then all of a sudden they won the game, which in an impossible fashion. So it's I think everyone's just been relieved and excited, and the weather's been nice here. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a good week that way. That that was a lot of sports ball talk for a nerdy podcast yeah, right there. I'm a renaissance man. I, you know, I do it all. <laughs> Me too. And uh, it's actually appropriate for how things are around here because I have people that would never uh, watch a game in their life that are like posting themselves in Vikings jerseys <laughs> and are, are super into it right now. So it's definitely one of those moments that kind of has – transcended everyone and everybody's into it no matter how little they're into it most of the yeah, time we we live very close to the mall of america so we went and the future side of their yes, facility. and we went to the mall of america well, i went monday with my mom who was in town because it was mlk day and i had the day off from work and just everybody was in purple and then mm-hmm. wife and i took our little one there today just to walk around and once again just everyone's wearing Viking stuff. Go to the grocery store, everyone's wearing Viking stuff. Yep. It's just, it's always that way this time of year, but especially now with them being in the NFC Championship, it's, it's all everyone's talking about. It's at a whole nother level. So to kind of quickly shift off the sports ball talk so we don't lose, you know, our, our, thousand, our, <laughs> our thousands of listeners who came here for nerdiness. Yeah. So the other thing I was watching – uh, speaking of competition, today was the Hearthstone Championship Tour Finals in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam, yeah. And so for those of you who uh, check out my other podcast earlier this week, I um, interviewed a Hearthstone player who was not participating in the championship, but he was attending the event live and, and gave me a bit of a on-the-spot report from it. So definitely check out that episode of, of Ego Check if you haven't uh, listened to it yet. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. You should have like a drop for that. We'll have to work (laughs) on that in Uh post-production. So yeah, I was watching the finals and I wanted to pick your brain because you've been playing Magic for what, 15 plus 20 years? Yeah, on and off for I guess we're at about 23 years now. In the past, told me stories about the different uh, tournaments and you've played in tournaments and and certainly have viewed them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just had a weird feeling that I can't quite describe, and maybe you can help me try to figure it out, what what it is. So watching the finals is between uh, two players, one from North America and one from another country, and my apologies for not knowing exactly which country it is, um, certainly an Asian country. And he ended up winning. He did the reverse sweep. So he was down 2-0 and then came back, won three games in a row and and won 3-0. And I just – I was struck by – the lack of surprises in in the game. Okay. And I don't know. It's just, I don't know if I was watching so much who was the most skilled player versus who had the better deck and drew the best. And I wonder mm-hmm. if you have a similar feeling watching games of Magic or if it's more a, of yeah. a Hearthstone thing or just more of me being me thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think part of what you're speaking to is the tricky balance for developers on these kinds of games, which is if you make it chess where the best player is going to win 
you know, far and away the vast majority of times, like almost always the best player is going to win. People don't like that. You know, <laughs> no, nobody likes to go to a tournament and know that, well, Billy is our best local player. He's going to win almost every time, you know. So I, I think part of it is that, that they, they have to introduce elements that create some randomness to games and where you're not sure if the best player won or if the best deck won or what you were seeing. Um, and it's just a push-pull because, of course, why do we like to play these games? Because we like the brain exercise and you like to feel like when you win, it's because you sort of outplayed your opponent. And sometimes you did, and sometimes you just did three lucky top decks in a row. I don't know if that's speaking to what you're asking me or not, because I don't, I don't know what the full situation was. But. Yeah, it was just, it's, I don't know. I mean, Hearthstone definitely has a lot of randomness built into it. And I think there's certainly mm-hmm. ways for skilled players to take advantage of that. Um, obviously all the players that were in the top 16 who were in this final tournament, all of them are, highly skilled at the game. So I think it's hard to mm-hmm. separate who's a better player based on just a best of five series where you're playing different decks mm-hmm. each game. Like I think just the format is kind of weird to me as well. It, it seems over very mm-hmm. quick. And how do they do it? How do they do it in mm-hmm. magic? How do they decide who's the best like world champion in magic? Well, uh, I mean, that's a little bit murky. Um, there are four, um pro tours per year and those are kind of the biggest deal i would say but there is an actual like players championship now that sounds like very similar to what was going on um in the hearthstone tournament um and yeah there there are tournaments uh in a regular like tournament game of magic it's just best two out of three um and there's sideboarding in between where you can put in um you can change your deck from a limited number of cards, about 15 cards that you can switch in and out. Um, when they get to uh, the very end of tournaments, like the championship or the last couple rounds, they will increase the number of games to try to make it a little bit less about, you know, somebody getting lucky in one or two games, and, and that's the winner. Um, but Magic games can take a pretty long time. Um I think it's usually like a 45-minute round timer, but then you're allowed to do extra turns to try to get to the winner. And in tournaments, they extend that a little bit, especially when it gets towards the end. And if memory serves me, they've done no time limit at all in the Players' Championship-type games uh, when it gets to the semifinals, finals. Um, which, again, like given the number of decisions that you're trying to make, can really bog down where even you know finishing three or four games can be several hours. So Yeah, that was the other thing. So I was watching, I was eating lunch, and I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I was like, oh, the, the championship is about to start. I was like, oh, let me just tune in. Um, and, of course, mm-hmm. my wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why aren't you paying attention to us? I was like, well, this thing's live, so I'm just going to watch it now. And Wait, can we can we pause here because this is a great topic in and of itself. So so where are you at this moment? Right now or at this? No, when when this so happens. Upstairs like, where, dining room, quasi feeding my child, but like we're all sitting down yep. to have lunch together. And yeah, I made a mistake of realizing like, oh, I could be watching this live event right now, and I just talked to a guy who's there. Like I should tune in. Like what's the big deal? I should watch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have thoughts. Uh, no, I mean, I just think, A, this is something that, you know, we both wrestle with at times, um, which is like the appropriateness of like in this world of entertainment always being at your fingertips and stuff and having these moments like it happens to me a fair amount uh, not to go back to sports ball, but that I'll kind of forget that. UNC basketball is playing, which was one of the teams that I follow really closely have since I was a kid. And suddenly I realize their game is on and I am out with a bunch of people at a restaurant and have to make that decision of whether I'm going to stream that game, you know, on my phone sort of surreptitiously off to the side or, or not. And I know you even more than me battle with these decisions. So it's just, it's an interesting. Yeah, you do. I, I have to go to the bathroom and really you're just in there checking scores and 
right. <laughs> for three hours. Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, you know, it's rough, rough, uh, rough trip to the bathroom. Well, I, I will purposely, right. even when there's not anything that I want to check in on or watch up on the televisions of a restaurant or a sports bar or something, I'll sit mm-hmm. away from them. Because even if I just, my attention is drawn to, I don't know, colors and moving pictures and it gets me in the trouble because, so yeah, so I didn't communicate very well to my wife that this was something that was going to go on for a little bit. And I, and I wasn't, when I started watching it, I didn't think, well, I'll watch the whole series. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I turned it on and pretty the one player from North America went up 2-0 and I was like, Oh, well, maybe I'll just, I'll watch him finish it off. And then I'll go back to, to my day. And this was maybe like 15 minutes or so. Cause the games are pretty quick. And then, uh, it started to get a little closer. So I took my dog for a walk and I had my phone in my pocket, just listening to Kibler and, um, uh, Froden, who's the other commentator commentate the match and then it got to be uh 2-2 so then i was like well i'll just keep walking the dog until the tournament's done and then the last game took a little bit longer and i got home and after the tournament ended and i had to put the dog in the tub and it was it's a little bit of a hectic situation but it's mm-hmm. just funny that i'm here in minnesota listening to a live broadcast of a tournament in amsterdam and technology it's pretty fantastic and your wife is mad yeah, she at you. Happy, you know. <laughs> okay, but so what was the cognitive dissonance around how the actual proceedings went? Because that was where we started. Yeah, I don't like. There's no doubt that the players that were featured there are incredibly talented, are highly skilled. I think it comes down mm-hmm. to some of our my discussions with you years ago about just not feeling satisfied by fantasy football. I just felt. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not enough data points for a for an actual <laughs> winner to be decided, and it feels right. really random. And sure, there's there's people who are better at fantasy football than others because they study. But yep. in the end, how much does your preparation really matter? Like, I don't know. I don't. I think if those two guys played those decks against each other, they'd probably if they had like a best of five in that same format and play that series 10 times, like mm-hmm. would it be six, four, one way or the other, most of the time, probably. Mm-hmm. And yet the one guy's the champion, the other guy's runner up. I guess that's the way you have to do it. If you do it with rock, paper, scissors or football, like we're going to watch the football games today and one team's going to win, one team's going to lose. And right. Like I, it's just, just something that I enjoy watching it. And I, I don't, I don't really have any amazing words to say other than I feel like they should have longer series, but then it's not very spectator mm-hmm. friendly. So, yeah. So how long did it take? Um, you know, it, it seemed like it was two Oh fairly quickly, maybe after, and they took, mm-hmm. they take a few minute breaks between the games to give the players a chance to, you know, regroup or whatever. Um, but not too yep. long, maybe like a couple minutes. I think overall it took maybe 45 minutes to play five games. Because mm-hmm. um, it was between me eating lunch, sort of wandering around the house, and then taking the dog for a walk around the block. So it wasn't it wasn't that long. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think as somebody that's used to sitting down for three hours to watch sports ball decide something, that probably does feel a little bit short. Um, but at the same time, you know, in this modern age of how long people's attention spans are, it may very well be that that's kind of the perfect amount of time for something like that. Um, I mean, we just discussed that magic takes longer, right? And it's not a fair comparison because it's not just about these two things, um, But, you know, when you look at Twitch and look at how many people are watching games of Hearthstone versus how many people are watching games of Magic, there's kind of no comparison. (laughs) It's like at least a tenfold difference, if not No, they definitely know what they're doing. um, On a given day. I'm not trying to come off as 
bashing Blizzard or bashing Hearthstone or bashing these mm-hmm. players. Like nothing, none of that. Right. I was, obviously, I got in trouble with my wife to watch Hearthstone content in the middle of a Sunday, so they know what they're right. doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just it was just one of those things. Like I wanted it to be more. More of a big deal, know, more definitive, or more because even some of the okay. games, and I don't know if it's like this in Magic. It just felt like something would happen in the game, some turn would be played, or, or some combination of cards, and it just became clear mm-hmm. this game's over. Yep. No, I mean I think that is is pretty typical because there is that big luck factor involved to make people want to play these games that a lot of them don't work out as sort of being some sort of classic duel of the minds. You get those here and there, but it you know, that's, I, I think the other way is the rule and the really, really high level games are kind of the exception just because there is that, that randomness. And if you don't want that, then again, you're kind of at chess, which, you know, it's kind of cool to, uh, I don't really play chess. I certainly don't play it well, but I can imagine that it's cool to see the very best player in the world take on somebody that might be nearly as good as them and see if that's any, you know, if that changes things when who's the best in the world. But in chess going into it, like everybody knows, <laughs> you know, like not, there's, there's not a lot of new champions in chess because players tend to be better and there's no randomness to chess. Like the, the better player wins. There's somebody um, at home listening who's like a big chess aficionado and they're outraged right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there right. just isn't right. Like there is no random. I mean, a, a, a player can make a mistake and I'm sure that they do. Um, but that's it. Chess is a game that is 100% determined by the skill of the two people in that match. Like somebody might have a bad day and, lose to a lesser opponent but like you always know that the person that won played better in magic or hearthstone we introduce randomness so that that is never assured and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that but a big part of it is if you make it chess it has limited appeal versus you know a game that everybody feels like they can get in there and have potentially have a chance and i would say Magic tends a little bit more towards chess than um, Hearthstone, so there's probably even another level of that. I mean, uh, b- before we lose, you know, all six of our viewers, just really quickly, how remind me how many cards are in a constructed deck for Hearthstone? So it's the same. And what's the what's the maximum number of any one card? It depends on the rarity. So you can have for common and rares, you can have uh, two. And epics, you can have uh, two copies of it. For legendary cards, you can only have one. Okay. So Magic has 60-card constructed decks, but you can have up to four of any single uh, card. So the decks are probably a little more focused uh, because of the repetition that you can get of, like, having four of each of your your best cards. But Well, and it was interesting, the final game, and it's getting a little of the weeds with Hearthstone, kind of one of the more if not the most powerful card in the game is this game is this card that came out within the last year called ultimate infestation. And I I think it it Mm -hmm. closely mirrors a, a magic card from many years ago where you gain five armor, you deal five damage, you draw five cards and you summon a five, five. So it does all this for 10 mana. And I sounds like a cruel ultimatum. So it's called ultimate infestation and Mm -hmm. it's in a class in Hearthstone of Druid, and Druid is the one class in the game that can ramp, so you can sacrifice other stats and other abilities mm-hmm. to gain an, an extra mana crystal. Because in Hearthstone you start out with one mana crystal, and then you just gain one each turn, but Druid is the only yep. real class that you can skip ahead. Sort of break that rule and get to higher So yep. there's been decks like Ramp Druid where you're kind of sacrificing your early game to kind of come back later on. Well, yep. Ultimate Infestation allows you to do everything. So you're kind of ramping up to this card that's a bomb, and then you draw mm-hmm. a good percentage of your deck back, and you're ahead of your opponent in mana, and it, it it's just quite overpowered. Uh, 
So, but it, I assume ten is ridiculously high for an overall cost in a of the, the card. It's the highest cost in the game, right, right. right? You can only get up to ten mana. Yeah. So in the in the final match between these two players in the championship, it was more or less a mirror match. They had different types of build, but it was the same type of um, jade druid. Mm-hmm. And they both had two copies of this card in their deck. And the one player who was up 2-0 and then it was tied 2-2, the player from North America, he had got two copies of it in his hand to start off and mulligan mulligan them both away. And the other player got one copy in his hand in the mulligan and actually hung on to a 10-mana card. And then he got some ramp Mm -hmm. along the way and the other player never drew one of his two ultimate infestations until very late in the game. He was way behind and it was, by that point it was Mm -hmm. over. And mm-hmm. it was just interesting that the guy who kept a 10-mana card in his hand, which I would think nine times out of ten is a bad play, <laughs> was you know mm-hmm. rewarded for it because it's such a bomb of a card, and it's a card that people have complained mm-hmm. about for a long time. Um, so I think that might have been part of just feeling unsatisfied with the whole thing. Um, like, it kind of makes right. sense, like, if you can ramp up to it, but I don't know. It just was... It was an odd way for the for the tournament, for the championship to end. I don't know. I, I like Hearthstone. Sure. But at the same time, if his opponent, if his opponent had been on, you know, some sort of really fast deck that tries to kill you really quickly, like, you know, he gets screwed for making that decision. Right. And it sounds like it worked out for him mainly because he got lucky and that he drew the ramp that he needed for it to make sense to hold on to that 10 mana card. Yeah, right. It, it worked out. It's one of those things they play that game. 10 times, you know, what's the split of how often does he win if he makes that same decision? I don't know. It, it worked out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he certainly made a calculated risk with with that play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but maybe also part of what you're speaking to is, you know, magic struggles with this problem of um, what's kind of a healthy metagame, how many decks are viable, Um printing interesting cards that people get excited about and want to play with and therefore want to buy packs and stuff to try to get that card um, versus printing stuff that's too powerful and then everybody ends up on one deck (laughs) and you just get to watch 10,000 mirror matches Um, and it's it's not easy stuff to do um, because you know there's a lot of different um, priorities that are butting heads there, right? Like nobody cares about the game if a lot of people don't want to play it. But when you want to hold a tournament and get people excited about it, it's fun if people are playing a lot of different decks and you get a showcase of a lot of different things. And so it sounds like, you know, we had a, a mirror match here and one using a card that you in particular are, don't feel great about. <laughs> Does that sound about right? I don't, I mean, I've, I've played that deck and it's it's fun to, to play around with it and it's certainly not the most powerful mm-hmm. deck in the game right now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a card compared to other cards that cost 10 mana just does a lot compared to sure. other options you would have in the game. And in terms of the... There's mainly like four classes because there's nine classes in the game. Um, mm-hmm. And I think mainly players brought four of them. So there are two heroes mm-hmm. that weren't e- two classes that weren't even represented at the championship. Uh, one guy brought a hunter mm-hmm. deck. Um, a couple of people brought mage, a couple of people, a few people brought paladin, but for the most part, it was all druid, priest, rogue, and warlock because they're the best yep. decks in the game. So it was a lot of mm-hmm. those matchups over and over again. Yep. And Hearthstone still has a relatively limited amount of cards to be pulling from um, compared to Magic. So probably over time, depending on how they decide they're going to, um, you know, arrange these formats, have, you know, that that's going to change or rotate. I'm interrupt you because Emily is in here just smirking and laughing at our conversation. <laughs> Emily's my wife. She uh, tolerates my my Hearthstone, if you want to call it. I'm not going to call it an addiction, but my hobby. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I appreciate your feedback as as a because you've been part, paying attention to these things for much longer than than I have um, in terms of the collectible card game dynamics. Uh, yep. And I assume it's the same thing in Magic, where the best players are kind of consistently there in these tournaments, and there's definitely there's definitely yeah, a fair I, amount of skill involved. I'm not I'm not trying to argue otherwise. Yep. It's the tired poker analogy that, you know, the best players consistently sort of get there, but on a, you know, tournament by tournament, game by game basis, there's a lot of luck involved in terms of who makes it to top eight, who who wins a tournament, stuff like that. And I, the way Magic has decided to approach that to a certain degree, and we'll we'll leave it after this because you know people are are bored if they don't care about these games. But where Magic has they've they've stacked the deck and yeah, puns, <laughs> no good pun job, intended, uh, in favor of the the quote unquote pro players by awarding them a bunch of buys. Well, a bunch being two or three at the beginning of tournaments. Um, so that if you have accumulated uh, a certain status in magic, you basically get to start the tournament three and O, which, you know, if there's 16 rounds of the tournament doesn't sound like a giant advantage, but it is a pretty big advantage. And so that does tend to create a dynamic where, names that you recognize if you follow tend to end up um, in contention at the end is kind of how they have decided to do that. And to get to that point, like there's stuff that you have to do, like they have earned that um, to a large degree by, you know, being in a lot of tournaments and doing well in them. And then you sort of achieve that status, but it, it does make it a little harder for other people to, to break through. Um, but they've decided that that's in the best interest of like having players that, you know, um, end up in the finals. And then, you know, there may be one or two sort of new people or people you don't know that become kind of the underdog and maybe they reach that status. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I caught it live because I, I don't, I'm not one to watch highlights of this stuff too much. I just don't have the time. Uh, mm. So that's that. I guess I know, I'm sure I'll, if I, catch it next year i'll watch it again next year <laughs> it was uh entertaining i'm curious to see that after the world championship i think within the next couple of weeks they're gonna have uh which is a wonderful euphemism balance changes so they're gonna bring mm-hmm. out the nerf bat with some cards and see see how it shakes yep. things up yep and that's kind of what happens with these things is you know they either have to do that kind of stuff or then they purposely sort of print cards to make different strategies or in the case of hearthstone i guess classes better or purposely print cards that sort of counteract what another really good card does or you know etc yeah should we go into song of the week uh sure you want to you want to start us off with yours yeah i tweeted this out a few days ago um let me find it here. So I was, I've heard it on the radio a few times and then found it on Spotify. So I was able to find the name of the artist. So it's a song by Alice Merton, who according to Wikipedia is a German Canadian English singer songwriter. So it's a debut single from her that I think actually came out in late 2016 in other parts of the world and then became a bit more popular here over the summer in 2017. Um, She's from Mm -hmm. Germany and the song is called No Roots. And yeah, there it is. You're playing it in the background there. I am. They may not be able to hear it that well, but they'll at least get a feel. It's pretty groovy. It seems like it's in your wheelhouse as well. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a song that I would like. It's, you know, it's got a danceable 4-4 beat. It's not real, it's not not primetime club dance, you know, floor music, but, you know. So it's just pretty, it's pretty catchy. I've enjoyed it. Let's throw the radio. Mm -hmm. Um, I was hoping I could check out the rest of her album. But I don't think she mm-hmm. has an album yet. I think she just has a couple of singles. So um, I'm curious yeah. to listen to other music from this performer. Um, so hopefully more of it is available soon. 
Right. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Do you have more to not say too about much, it? Not much, because I don't... There's not... Just other than it's a song yeah. I like, I heard it. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think... It seems like in the UK as well as um, Europe, like there's still more of that model of like releasing a lot of um, singles heading into a, an album, um, you know, three or four, and then finally an album comes out. So, so maybe they're on on that plan. All right, sorry, I'm I'm slowly pulling up mine as well managing these things so my selection is from Lord uh, of the Rings duo from no I'm sorry it sounded what? like something from Lord of the Rings <laughs> uh, that intro or beginning could be yeah no a duo out of Seattle they've been around for I don't know five six years now um, their name is Odessa and it's awkwardly spelled O-D-E-S-Z-A um, they do it's definitely electronic music but sort of mixing and a lot of other instrumentation um, and it tends to be more of a mood type thing rather than you know four on the floor heavy dance stuff this so- single has Regina Spector um, well, I, I said single. I actually don't know that that's a, a single for them. But this song has Regina Spector on the vocals, um, if you're recognizing that voice. And um, no, it's just really good atmospherics. They have a really, really cool live shows, too. If you ever have the opportunity to check them out or even go to YouTube and look up some of it, they, they do a lot of really interesting uh, stuff visually and like bringing in other people playing drums or horns or whatnot uh when i was poking around youtube there was a performance on a seattle station that i think is public radio um where they had stuffed themselves and a whole bunch of like horn players and string players into a studio and did like a full set which is kind of fun to to watch that have you seen them live or just uh, watch videos i haven't they're they're on my list um since we're in flyover territory i'm not sure how many times they've been through town but i'm i'm definitely on the lookout (coughs) i right now they're like overseas and then they're doing like the festival circuit um this summer so we'll see when they make it back and get to check them out um, I had something else I was going to say, but I've kind of lost it now. But anyway, this record is is 2017, so it's pretty new. Um, their last uh, release was great, too, if you're into this sort of more atmospheric electronic music. Not that there aren't some more danceable numbers in there, too. But there you go. It's Just a Memory by Odessa. Very cool sounds relaxing now is that something you would listen to while trying to read or do stuff around the house or while you're driving what what's usually the what's usually the mood you're going for uh for that one you know a lot of times yeah it's just kind of i'm hanging out and want um something in the background like maybe while i'm you know playing a little uh little eternal a lot i I don't know I i do a lot of just sort of relaxing like you know I have the what we're listening to that on is the um, it's the Sano speaker that's that ha, it's like Alexa enabled and whatnot so it's kind of like the audiophile uh, Alexa sure. speaker so now it's it's beeping in the background because I'm saying Alexa you're, you're ordering pizzas <laughs> um, or something unbeknownst to you <laughs> this is going to turn into that South Park episode where uh, but anyway Alexa call mom. uh but uh it it, so i do a lot of just kind of hanging out and you know i'm messing around online or or chatting with people uh texting with people reading etc so it's good for all that but they they have a lot of upbeat numbers too it's good it's good background party music you know could be could be a lot of things i'm all about uh those different music for different moods be it you know, driving, background music at a party, dance floor, whatever. Yeah, you, I I get too um, bored if I just listen to the same style of music over and over and over again. Although you would probably disagree with that. 
<laughs> I just like to give you crap. Yeah. I'm always asking, like, where are the songs with words, man? <laughs> <laughs> and then I gave you songs with words, and you complained that they're too depressing. Well, and, it's been a rough. You, know, you got to embrace Gotta embrace all the different moods of music, you. Mike. It's been a rough, you know, rough year. I don't need depressive music. That's at this point in time. This is not a new development. I, I can remember you giving me crap about this years ago when I would try to bring you, you know, somebody somebody that I was excited about that was more like alt country, and you're like, man, I just <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to sleep now. No, I, yeah, I think I would make really inappropriate gestures um, in response. I think it was back in when we were going to school. I think you were trying to like, oh, there's this because because Daft Punk came out when like when were, when did they develop as a group as an entity? Um, in the nineties. Yeah, so their their first um, record came out. I want to say nine. We're, I'm talking yeah. here because I'm not sure they're they're French. So, um, but. For here, I, I went and bought their first album right when it came out. And I believe that was like uh, summer of 98, I want to say. Um, but right around yeah. there. Which is right around the time I moved to Minnesota and met you. So I think you, at one point, had tried to you know educate me about this band. And I'm like, what? There's no words? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> and who knows what I was listening to? Probably something embarrassing. So, right, um, good times, indeed. So, anything else you got going on before we uh, wrap up here? Um, it, you know, I don't have anything major. I've uh, I've been doing well in Eternal, which I, you know, clearly. Is pretty similar to Hearthstone in a lot of ways. I've said before, it kind of splits the difference between Hearthstone and Magic, but I think it's a really solid game. Want to give it a, a shout out, but uh, have been getting pretty close to reaching something similar to your your status, where you got the different card backs and whatnot. So I'm interested to see if I I get there before their season is, that like is up. A legend thing or. I don't even know if they have a name for it, but there's a point where you reach the highest level and suddenly you have a ranking oh, okay. with your your uh, your nice. your number. And uh, I think you get some sort of there's some sort of recognition thing that you've gotten there that you get to use in the future. Um, I should be more informed, but um, you know my my nerd status has been in question lately as I try to juggle all the the different aspects of my life. So I don't know as much about it as I should. But um, do you want to shout it out because it's a great game. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of former Magic people are um, involved in the the development of that that game. Cool. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah, the other thing I've been playing is Civilization Six, which I I bought. <laughs> Last year, played for a bit, then fell out of it, then turned it back on again. Kind of quickly remembered why I didn't keep playing it, but mm -hmm. I just sort of want to see a game through, and it just takes a <laughs> while. And I'm enjoying it. It's really, yeah, you can. I'm, I think I'm just barely scratching the surface of understanding how everything connects together. And I know I'm never going right. to get to a real nuanced understanding of all the different ways that you can maximize and, and strategize with the different uh, types of elements in civilization, but the graphics are really pretty. It's music's good. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has very much a, well, let me just play one more turn or <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's five so my, turns until I build my... an aqueduct. So let me just get to there. But and it has that kind of running on the wheel hamster wheel dynamic of let me just all right i'll just keep playing and then all of a sudden it's midnight and i need to get to bed yeah my son has gotten into playing uh both i've got an older version of civilization on my computer that he enjoys and there's some similar games that he's been able to play on playstation and then he was just at uh his grandfather's who just <laughs> is not maybe the, quite the typical grandfather in that he has a pretty sweet blown out nice. gaming rig. Uh, 
and so he was playing there's a new civ game where or maybe it's just considered an expansion where you're you're doing a um like a colony on a on a new world so it's sort of like people from earth have found a new world and now they're sort of competing to colonize wow. that and he he spent all weekend basically telling me that he's obsessed with it and can't stop thinking about it and mad that he can't play it. So he, he's a regular nice. chip off the old yeah. one. That was me back in the day with like SimCity. Also- or, do you remember the old Sega Genesis <laughs> well, uh, Populous? Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, we were talking about these kinds of games or really just turn-based games. Um, and I was bringing up one that I used to really like um, that mixes sort of turn-based and real-time strategy called Lords of the Realm or Lords of the Realm 2, to be more specific. And so we were talking about that, and he was interested, and I looked on Steam, and it, they had it for like $3 or something like that. So I downloaded it, and it is just, it's again a lesson in like how I'm at a different spot <laughs> in life, because I have these really fond memories of it, and thought I would kind of remember how to play it, and we download it, and fire it up, and I'm like, I am like struggling just to like stick with it long enough to figure out what is going on, because at least uh, in this version on Steam, like there's not any sort of real tutorial that I can see, and it just kind of drops you into the game, and I'm just I'm not really interested in spending time to figure out all the nuances again and figure out what the heck you're doing in this game. And I, I remember it being a great game. I know, you know, I've seen it written up as people's like all time favorite games and whatnot. Like, I, I think it's a really good game for the time, but man, like my patience and um, willingness to invest time in some of these games has definitely changed from where it was. And, you know, 1998 or whenever it was, I obtained this this game a few years after it yeah. did come out. Now we were talking about that with your like the 999 arcade games, and some of them just yep. best left in the memory cabinet and not really dusted off. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of those games just really required you to learn patterns, right? Like it's a quarter muncher, so like super unfair things happen, and you have to remind yourself like okay i have to do this then jump here then do this and you just have to kind of learn that was you know part of the dynamic instead of like being able to reason or react your way through it like there's just no way to do that um and so it's just it's just a different time in in gaming which you can overcome on that a little bit because you you essentially have infinite quarters so if you keep dying and the game kind of lets you pick up at the same place you can kind of keep continuing until you get it right but you do encounter some that like take you back far enough that you're just like well yeah. screw this <laughs> moving on to something else yeah. yeah i was gonna i was planning on buying xcom 2 on steam which i've been looking at for i don't know two years i keep and then i saw mm-hmm. that it was on sale it was i don't know it was like 20 bucks I was like, oh, I should get that, and didn't. And then I went back and looked at it this past week, and it's like back to 60. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, I guess I'll just fire up Civilization Six and see if I can entertain myself (laughs) for a few hours that way. But I I keep thinking about either uh, XCOM 2 or that Horizon Zero Dawn game is supposed to be fun, which um, I don't know. I, I have enough stuff to keep me entertained and really don't have that much time with my son anyway, so... Yeah, I had uh, an inexpensive copy of Bloodborne in my hand at Target okay. the other day and then remembered just how bad I was at some of the Is other that games like Dark that, Souls? That, that they make. Yeah. Yes. So I I had watched a, a streamer that I really enjoy play Dark Souls 3 and it seemed really fun. And, you know, I used to struggle through, again, coming from that sort of arcade background like i've played some of those games that were supposed to be really hard in the past on xbox and stuff and really enjoyed kind of that challenge and figuring it out and so i thought oh like let's get that well, I, I borrowed it from from a friend uh shout out to hank and uh tried Does to play hank dark souls 3 and it I, you know that's a good good question i don't know if he does or not we, we, um, we need another but, listener. we gotta get hank on board <laughs> yeah I, I'll, I'll tell him he gets a shout out on this one but yeah i tried to play dark souls 3 and i i 
you know, a, I think a little bit of it is um, I don't have the greatest TV for, for gaming. So there is a little bit of lag when it comes to trying to to do a game like that. That's adding that's to like the difficulty. That's like the gamer excuse book. There's lag on my television. Well, I, yeah, I, and I get yeah. that. but and so, Which is why I'm about to acknowledge that the much larger portion of the problem is that I am both old, my reflexes are not what they once were, and I just don't have the patience to to try to power through this. So, yeah, I, I was all excited to get it and, like, try to encounter some of the crazy moments that I had watched the streamer do. And instead, like, <laughs> these games are, are brutal. So, like, you start it and, like a minute in and you're already fighting this sort of boss that you just die over and over and over again until I had to, you know, pull up the internet and be like, how do I beat this? And like read the strategy. And then after a bunch more tries was finally able to pull that off. And I was like, yeah, this See, is just, this is not where I, not where I am. And in I gaming think that's anymore. a different episode, but I played dark souls too. Cause there's a bunch of people on Twitter and there's a lot of hype about it back in the day. And I was like, Oh, yeah, this looks like something that'd be up my speed. And I remember mm -hmm. fighting, playing with it, and, like, any encounter against any enemy could just wreck you, and you had to be very precise yep. and patient. You couldn't just go, like, mm -hmm. swinging your sword around and expect to get a bunch of XP and level up. Like, it was not that type of game, which I'm like, okay, fine, I can change my mindset. But then I kept playing it, and there was no clear objectives. It was just wandering around and... The story mm -hmm. was pretty bare, and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing any of this, both in the <laughs> game and even playing the game. And I realized it was yeah. a certain genre of game, and people were very into it, And but it's like, I don't think this is designed for me, which is okay, and I don't have to keep playing it. <laughs> Number one, so it I is stopped. okay. Number two... If we convince Hank to listen to this, he's like red faced and like smoke is coming out of his ears right now because, you know, the these games are his jam. Right. Um, and I think, you know, part of the appeal of those games is supposed to be that it is frustratingly hard. And so when you figure it out and you beat the, you know, this one of the endless um, sort of boss type things that it throws at you that you have a real sense of achievement <laughs> that you were able to do that because that crap is not easy yeah. um, and so for some people they love that stuff and they're they're gorgeous to look at and there's hidden stuff everywhere and like a ton of you know leveling up your character and finding different um, weapons and armor and customizing it and all that like you know i get it like watching other people that know how to play it like it seems fun and then i try it myself and i'm just like f this right. game <laughs> the, the time or patience these days yeah and and maybe i'll i'll find another time where where i want to do that but i thought maybe i, w I was at that time and then quickly decided i was not uh, yeah, we definitely sound like old grumpy people. Ah, don't give me a game that don't give me a game that's too hard. Just spoon feed me how to get to the end. <laughs> yeah, but in in a way though, we come from when games were insanely hard. Like games, by and large, spoon feed stuff to you now compared to like if you go back and you try to play like a Mega Man game. Like, holy right. crap, those were frustratingly hard. The birds hard. and ninja game, um, those raven things that would just knock you out of midair and you died. Like, oh, yep. my God, it's yep. awful. Yeah, the, I mean, the the Xbox Ninja Gaiden was one that was supposed to be really, really hard, but I found to be really, really fun yeah. to play it. So that's kind of what was in my hand with in my head with Dark Souls. Like, I Once thought I would be there. Once you could teach your ninja probably to do the the jumping, like decapitation sword strike thing like once yeah. you got that you could yeah. you could wreck things and just kind of walk through the game i see yeah, but it's still i mean it got to those bosses where like you would yeah. try over yeah. and over time and perfectly again yeah. for you yep 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 and that's very much where dark souls is so i thought and so i think the reality now is if i were to go back and play that same ninja gaiden game i would also be like screw this game well i just think <laughs> like how many hours when we were younger did we spend playing mike tyson punch out and you just get thrown up against boss after boss and you have to figure out how do i time this what patterns do i need to do to unlock it 
And mm-hmm. now to this day, if I played that game, I could probably get fairly far into it without getting touched because <laughs> I still mm-hmm. remember those patterns. But now I don't want to, even though the graphics are a lot better and I just don't know if I want to put myself through that kind of punishing grind. Right. And this is, you know, kind of what happened with me with Street Fighters. I thought I remembered those patterns well enough to just sit down with it and kind of cruise through and have fun reliving old memories and quickly found that like, nope. (laughs) And maybe part of that is that when I was best at it, I was playing on Super Nintendo. So playing with a game pad, which was just a little bit different in terms of muscle memory on how you do stuff. And there were still certain things that I couldn't do. Like I was never able to do you know, like the moves that required you to do like a full circle on the gamepad before you press the button. Like I could never pull those off consistently. But for most people, I, I kind of had it down and knew the little patterns of combos and stuff. And now I play it and not so much. Well, I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up. Not being able to do full circle moves on Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I, I don't know how else yep. you, you can top that. So. No. <laughs> I think we said it before, like the people who showed up at the arcades and could do all the moves with Zangief, like all his crazy mm-hmm. pile drivers and stuff. Like His crazy pile driver is the move specifically yeah, that I am so talking about. If you were playing about. somebody who pulled that out, it was like, all right, well, I just tip my cap to you and I'm going to go do something else for a few minutes until you're off this machine because <laughs> uh, we're at different right. levels. So, yeah, hopefully you can do this a bit more often. And, um Thanks, everyone, for listening. Where can they find... You know what? You open the show. You should end the show. You should do the end of the show spiel. Well, you just kind of did it. But they can, they can, as always, they can find me um, at GeekZinga on Twitter and interact with me there. I, you know, I, I'm not religiously on it, but I do get the notifications if somebody adds me, and we'll, we'll check it and see what's going on. So You're that's always really a good place. You're not an atheist either. You're just not on very much. <laughs> yeah you know there's a lot of platforms and you gotta much like games you gotta figure out where to where to spend your time and it's like no response it's like (laughs) oh well i i do always look you know sometimes i'm just you know i'm I'm sure if people other than me are writing to you then you'll be like oh hey and then like you'll get get into conversations but you're like i'll just text him later yeah, oh, it's just Mike adding me about Hearthstone again. All right, yeah. I see it. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at, at the id DM, T H uh, E I D D M. So thank you very much for listening, and hopefully we'll be back soon. Take care. See you soon. Oh.